The Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery books and bring their game pitches to you. Good day, listener, and welcome to The Big Red Couch. Today, on the couch, we have, in far-off England... Craig. And here in Auckland, where it is the pleasing season between clammy and moist, is Ben... How you doing, Craig? I'm I'm doing well. It's nice that you're in that that clammy, moist interface. It's Auckland really shines at that point, or would do if certain bits of it weren't on fire. I'd say glisten, but sure. True, glistens glistens sounds better. Other things do the shining. Auckland just glistens. Indeed, indeed. No, it's it's that it's that nice crossover point between the the clammy dampness of early winter to early spring, and where it just becomes sort of horrible ball sweat swamp hell but yeah good whereas here in the um the, the winterless north it's not actually winterless I, i'm not really sure where i was going with the winterless bit to be honest i think it's possibly the winterless north if you start far enough south and don't go too far north but <laughs> um here, here in the okay. the distinctly wintry north it's it's getting cold it's getting rainy I'm personally hoping for snow this winter, but that's because I have not yet learned to loathe the very existence of the white fluffy shit. So, so that's coming. Fair enough. That you, may, may you be jaded as soon as you hope to be. I, I suspect it's coming. On the other hand, I did spend most of the day listening to the same two and a half minute chunk of a remix of Vivaldi's Four Seasons uh, all day while coding. Uh, and it was the spring bit, so it does suggest that at least my subconscious realises that things, that shit's fucked up. Indeed. Huh. <laughs> it's like the oral equivalent of getting one of those lamps that uh, give you vitamin D, I guess. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I have had it alleged that um, cider, given that it's made from apples, is basically a vitamin C infusion. That is very cunning um, marketing by somebody. Yeah, yeah. Or... or- Desperate ploy by a, a, an alcoholic, one or the other, or both. Maybe both. I believe he owns brewery shares. Ah, uh, right. The the sordid plan unfolds. And speaking of sordid plans, <laughs> nice, nice. As you have joined us for Big Red Couch number one thirty two, you will hopefully enjoy the prompt: Big Red Couch Surfing. We're getting. Horrifyingly referential with these, aren't we? <laughs> we we are. I feel there was another one that was that was was like this, or was it just one of the prompts was like this? To be honest, I've I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I remember something about a couch by the side of the road. That oh, may have just been yeah. a country song. I'm not sure. Indeed, it'll come back to us. I'm sure at some point during the recording. So, the prompt, big red couch surfing. We have. Supplied by the indefatigable John Rea, a mighty uh, suggestion, which it, it it definitely cuts to the core of our uh, the entire thesis that somehow we're managing to cause mayhem in different alternate dimensions without trying. So I might shall I shall I relay John's uh, idea? Lay it on us. The premise is that you and your flatmates score a big old red sectional couch. It could seat up to six people. That's pretty impressive. So you convince your friends, free beer and pizza, to help you get up to your third floor apartment. Thank God it's a sectional couch. 
I, I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've. I think we've passed out of that part of our lives where hearing about a friend playing to move house gives you cold sweats and dread. <laughs> I mean, I want to think that, but I have literally helped somebody move within the past year, so it never goes away oh, entirely. Wow. Yeah. Most, most people in our, uh, our station of life can afford folks who do this professionally, um, even if they don't do it well. <laughs> <laughs> Money can be exchanged for goods and services. Homer Simpson's subconscious taught us that. Indeed. Valuable lesson, people. Valuable lesson. Ah, yeah. Arranging the cushions, you find inside one of them, and you didn't notice this at the thrift store when you bought it, that there's some sort of flat metal box. Pulling it out of the cushions, it involves as something like a control panel. Ah, it's one of these uh, sleeper couches that are mercilessly uncomfortable in both configurations. That makes sense. It's really simple. Just a button labelled Go, and a selector that moves to various place names on it. Thinking it's some sort of game, everyone grabs a beer and a slice, takes a seat on the big red couch, and you select New Amsterdam and hit Go. I'm not even sure how you pronounce N-I-E-U-W. I can check with some people? Nah, they'd be Dutch and they're terrible. Hey! <laughs> the Dutch are scum. Sorry, that's a Metalopolis reference. I I would I would like to make it known for the record that I have had a Dutch co-worker who was awesome, both in the fact that they were an awesome person, but also the fact that they were younger than my haircut. That's fair. And, yeah. and I've worked with I've worked with Dutch people, and they're very the the, the, the the certainly the individual in question was extremely good at what he did, but he was crazy. So, so enough 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 being unfair to the low countries. <laughs> Move on. The couch suddenly gets all floaty, and there's a flash, and plop, the couch drops to the floor, and and you're in a different room, but not. It's your apartment, but also not. Everything is in Dutch, and but you can kind of read it. You look at the words, and then suddenly they're in native language. You quickly figure out you're in a parallel earth where you and your friends live in New Amsterdam with pretty much the same jobs. Well, almost. When folks talk to you, it's like a badly dubbed movie, but no one notices anything wrong when you speak. It's fun, but you want to go home. But you don't know what your order's called, and you forgot what the selector was on before you started flipping through the choices. It's like sliders, only you have more control of where you go. The implication is that your parallel selves are also doing the same thing. You can figure out where your home is eventually by selecting a location name that you wouldn't normally associate with your Earth, like Putin's Russia or the like. Ouch. Yeah. The game lets you swap between your parallel selves, so you can do... So you could do the same scenario that you're a bunch of New and Nederlanders in Southern California trying to figure out what's going on. A bunch of systems, a bunch of systems are possible, but I either go with Fate or Savage Worlds, depending on how purplish you want to go with the setting. Yeah, interesting. We've got a setup there, but I'm not sure what. I mean, and and even a goal, but like those, we live in a society of the week episodes. What you have to come up with something to do between your your slider jaunts. I think the fact that you can move, you may not know where home is, but having visited a place, you can reliably get back there. That kind of changes the dynamic. Because from my hazy memory of sliders, they had no control. Whereas you've got you've got the box, you can go yeah. back to New Amsterdam at any point. That changes the game a little bit. It it does considerably. I mean, I my instincts would be to give their 
put some contingency on the couch hop. Like, you have to supply it with some sort of fuel or let it recharge or something, but largely to drive the action to actually going out into the world rather than just staying inside and watching whatever the Dutch consider to be um, cable television was probably pretty interesting, but not really mm. game-worthy. So, yeah, some, 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 some sort of recharge cycle would be fun or immensely irritating if you're one of the players, so fun. That's why I'm thinking that <laughs> the couch runs on... On currency. Local currency shoved behind the cushions until you have the right distribution. Not not a specific amount, but you need you need you need a fair a fair sort of like couch couches worth of currency shoved into it. So not quite enough to get something from a vending machine, but tantalizingly close. Oh no, you would be able to get like a like a, a like a sandwich and a couple of drinks. Oh, okay. But it has to be scattered across as many different Local, adjacent but not not the same currency currencies, and plus some old ones that have discontinued because it's a couch and it holds these things for generations. So, the, the but the couch needs the the notion of the it, of couchness reinforced, so that it needs those extra random coins, even the ones that have been discontinued, scattered through its um, through its crevices before it is ready to to leap forward into the future or parallel reality. Thus forcing you to interact with the scenario even if you don't want to I like it well that is the GM's job cough cough wheeze <laughs> well no, it becomes the GM's job I, I guess we are kind of constructing a canard around what do you want to do I don't know what is there to do I don't know what do you want to do <laughs> I guess if you're assuming that and this is very much a you are you are dropped into more or less the lives of of the people who were sitting on that couch prior uh, prior to you being there your your old yeah. selves um also the well there are a couple of extra comments from from John incidentally John added and there's always the situation where one of the players has to drop out for some reason reason so in game they opt to stay where they are for now so when you hop there's their alt, smiling and ready to help you figure out this new place. When the player can rejoin, he has the option of playing his alt, or you all go back to where you left him. Hopefully he's not wanted for murder or something else nasty. And going on, you can give the GM some control over where they go by limiting the choices on the selector. That is, they turn the knob and it blips through several choices then stops. What's happening is that the couch senses another group getting ready to play the couch game and syncs the two up. This also means that there are times when the selector is not active. Only you and your friends are ready to play. So yes, it requires a certain degree of coordination between two or more groups to use the couch. And it means that the PCs are going to the world that the GM has prepared for them and not some random location they choose by whim or whimsy. Um, those things are mutually exclusive, though. Because if you leave somebody behind, you're, I mean... We're dealing with presumably multiverse theory and, and the idea that there is a version of the multiverse where you're, you're the person who was left behind isn't going with you. But you'd also have, presumably, they would turn up on the couch as well. They are, they are, they are sitting there waiting. Because the couch doesn't move, presumably. These are all <laughs> the same couch. Sorry, sorry I'm, not, I, I, I'm, I'm confusing myself oh, yeah. already. That's how you can tell it's a good scenario, when nobody knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, the the uh, the inconsistencies um, overlap to such a degree that no one can figure out what is actually 
what is a plot hole and what isn't. Yeah, I pointed out, it was like, are the loonies who took the couch over initially just barging into someone else's reality and displacing them somewhere? Or are they all collectively behaving like this and all being shunted around one? Which is a philosophical I think they're all collectively behaving like this. I think you are all those idiots just in different, subtly different scenarios. As far as, you know, cosmologically speaking Dutch and not speaking Dutch is pretty insignificant. Personally, very significant. Mm. Cosmologically, not so much. <laughs> so, yeah, if you if, if somebody elects to remain behind, then when when you mm. transfer, they end up in the same place on the couch and their mates who have moved from their universe to another universe on the couch are wondering why Piet isn't there. No, and in fact, they, they, they if they elect to stay behind, they're not on the couch. The couch moves, but their altar is standing where they were standing, mm. not having moved on as well. But this means that, yeah, the the it, you, I don't think you want to map this beyond that beyond that point. So that's feasible, but it does imply that everyone is working in concert in some weird way. I think the, the one of the other things that you you pointed out that, <laughs> apart from the fact this sounds like a online game game lobby with not quite enough players sometimes, so you can't actually do matchmaking, which is a, a problem in itself. The other thing that made me think of is that possibly for each location, one of the characters is having some sort of crisis, and they your appearance as an alternate set of, of memories and experiences, though, though closely aligned, that is actually the solution to what's going on. Well, that could be the the other thing that's driving the actual action on the ground. So you all got jobs. Uh, presumably, the, the the couch, the flats, the flat, the flatmates are the common point. They're the most. They're, they're, they are the 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 anchor, which is a weird thing to think about flatting situations. But they are the anchor points that mean that 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 the rest of these universes um, turn around. So they've got jobs which are similar, and possibly the, the characters all have kind of a collective instinct or recognise things that their 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 alternates have experienced. Consequently, you still have to go to your job. You know you have to go to a job. You know you can basically wander out and say, okay, where do I... Okay, I'll go this way. Yeah, i got to get this bus. And you're doing stuff. But that, oh, that makes it difficult to run as a group. Oof. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking that you end up exploring an alternate, an alternate version. You could even, if if you were particularly inclined, run it as your if you were in a flat, run it as your current flat, and then and then role play out going to the Dutch version of California. Just you know, presumably there'd be waffles everywhere. So that, 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 that's that's <laughs> um, that's my option. Oh, I mean, uh, the Netherlands do have stroop waffles, which are. Um, Super uh, 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 delicious, but do require a hot beverage. Yeah, mandatory. Pretty much, yeah. I'm not even joking. <laughs> okay, so the the idea that somebody is having a particular existential crisis, which they are taking a holiday from, and you turn up to help fix, that could be done. But I guess it's something that everyone has to be involved in. Hmm. I mean, I'm I guess thinking of it from a, a slightly different viewpoint. I'm just imagining because. If you assume that this first kicks off, as it were, or this round of things first kicks off when you hit the button, 
So you, you hit the mm-hmm. go button, you find yourself in New Amsterdam or wherever. Presumably that's when the game, as it were, starts. Both the game in terms of the RPG that you're playing, but also the game in terms of whatever the hell the couch is doing. If you took kind of a Jumanji approach to things, it would be entertaining, I think, to do it in a way where, you know, the more times you hit the button, the more you move around. Potentially, the more the groups of of players get mixed up, or player characters get mixed up, and that chaos builds to some sort of resolution, because that was kind of the kicker of both of the Jumanji films, thinking about it was that at the end of it, there is that resolution, everything goes back to a better form of normal. If you kind, if you kind okay. of have that, that as your goal, so, because, I mean, what you effectively have here is a manipulable mechanism whereby you can choose to leave one of your group behind in a given alternate reality and know that you will pick up their equivalent in the next reality you move to that effectively Mm. gives you the ability to start shuffling people around between universes. If you assume that the other people are a bit like you, I kind of... Or a a lot lot like you, you, to be honest. I like the idea (laughs) that you you arrive there and there's basically a note left on the table saying, okay, here's what we left behind. Yeah, by the way, uh, everybody needs to don disguises because we kind of pissed off the police. I'm not sure 100% what the resolution you lead to is that's maybe yeah. the sort of thing that is is more sort of suited for it's maybe the sort of thing you you figure out once you look at the characters but if you assume that what you've got is a bunch of people who are there are relatively few people who live in a shared house because they want to well because that's absolutely their goal yeah, yeah. There, there, there's not that many people whose goal is to live in a shared house and have to queue for the toilet uh, uh, not many there's probably some but there's not many so that, I, I guess that, that's a cultural bias, mm. but yeah. So you're you're suggesting that maybe getting out of the house is the goal, but I think also getting out of being displaced. I keep thinking of some of those like really wacky uh, Rubik's cube offshoots, the ones that are like a sphere with like with little uh, marbles and tracks, and you had to try and roll them around the sphere and do things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like like a Rubik's cube. It's like one one of the one of the one of the blocks is out of place, and you have to move the entire thing to get it back. So, the I mean the ultimate goal, and and this is interesting. Thank you, John. You've given us an interesting one where the the middle part of the game is not not clear, but the the term the end is getting back to getting back to the original setting, the original arrangement, or at least getting back to an arrangement where everyone is, as you say, it's a better sort of, or a, an improved version, is the goal. And so maybe it's there as a, um, maybe when you, you, you spin the dial on the couch, something else is deplay, displaced. There is, a, there is a clue, there is something out there from a different reality, and your job is actually to go out there and collect these things and put them back in the right realities. Sometimes you, you're not entirely sure if things are, are out of... Because you're new to the location, you're not entirely sure if things are out of place. But as you move around, you discover that, like, oh, here in Cyborgburg, they have a you know a 70-foot glowing oak. It's probably not theirs. They, mm. they're, they're, they seem vaguely confused by it. Um, the, yeah, the idea that you're... Maybe, maybe not something as a, mo- a mobile as a 70-foot glowing... 
oak in the middle of um, Los Angeles full of cyborgs. Oh, the Yggdrasil district. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that is, like yourselves, out of sync. So what your job is to go retrieve the out of sync thing and then take it to somewhere you think is is the right place so you end up probably collecting a bunch of objects going okay all right this is definitely from the cat universe there's no question about it right so we get it this here and we need to swap it with the the one that we picked up over here and then we're 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 moving it back into place so yeah maybe that's the um maybe that's the idea and i you may maybe play it like pretty goofy fast and loose savage worlds would be probably it's a bit mm, skills and stats focused. Maybe maybe fate would be better, but try and keep it loose mm. and fun. But the idea is, yeah, you've been selected because you are the kind of people who would, again, it's the are you the kind of person who would star in the story, going out looking for the things that are out of sync. And the couch is a a safety mechanism. It's a it's the it's the equivalent of the, the, the Lady in the Lake or the other thing that nominates these folks to, to help fix what is what has has gone awry. Mm. It's well it's effectively the, the, the player selector. I mean I keep thinking of there was the mm-hmm. game like the Labyrinth of Time, which was a computer game. Reasonably I I I played the Mac variant. I have no idea if there was a PC variant, but Oh, last time you had a Mac, it was... The 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall, you had a exposed hard drive that... Or was that a fan or something? It was, looked terrible. Oh, that, that, was, that was a one gigabyte uh, server drive. Um, that, yeah, you, you, could, you could hear the thing spinning up, like, from the other room. But no, there was, there was the game, I think it was Labyrinth of Time, but I'll put it in the show notes, that essentially had the, just, had, had the shtick of... You're, you, as protagonist, walks into a subway car and then gets dragged into weird weird reality of bits bolted together from other bits of, um, of reality. Your job is to hmm. effectively try to find the clues that somebody set up in order to, to make it right. Right, by, by rubbing everything in your inventory against Pretty everything much, yeah. else? Okay, cool. I, I, I remember the inventory frottage games. There was, there, there was the shtick, yeah. It wasn't a bad game. It was, for the time, I think, pushing up against the very limits of what graphics engines could do. So you had a lot of ray-traced everything and some suspiciously shiny hedges. Right, so very misty. But pre-mist, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. It was, it was a thing. Um, and yeah, there's only okay. certain locations you can stand there, certain directions you can look in. But that mm. kind of thing. But if you... I mean, I like the idea of actually stick, sticking with the shtick of, at the end of it, this box, and everything that's going on is a game. You didn't understand the nature of the game when you started playing it, but, well, sucks to be you because you're playing it now. It, it could be the an equivalent of the inter, interdimensional version of one of those really confronting but quite uncharacteristic Japanese late night game shows. Yeah, it's like it's not actively trying to hurt you, but that might just happen anyway. It's pretty it's pretty um unflinching about the the outcome. But I do like the idea that it's it's also a response to fixing these anomalies. There there are I've read a fair number of stories, mostly comic ones there where someone gets hurled into an uncertain kind of mishmash of realities they're trying to address what's going on but that could i think that could 
that and the mechanic of having to collect enough local local currency to, to charge the couch up could give you an objective for each thing. And maybe your role, your alt's roles in the world could help you find things out. Mm. Yeah, you've got to assume that your alt has a job that is similar but not identical to you. They have a life that is similar but not identical to yours. I mean, I would assume that at some point... Because, you know, if, it was, if this was a movie or a TV show, you would assume that at some point somebody's going to decide, okay, once we figure this out, I'm retiring to this place. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm retiring to this place because they have airships. Come on. Fucking <laughs> airship. Yeah, and presumably presumably your alter has, a, uh, has the same inclination to find something different and move on. Or, you know, they settle down and then make a very weird household. Who knows? But the idea that... I would actually think about... I would like to put that in mechanically. Because there's one of the things from Apocalypse World which I always admired. Along with the advancement where you can make your character weirder, harder, cooler, etc. There was also a move Wasn't which called Retire. Wasn't that a Daft Punk number? Never mind. In- inevitably. But there was also a move called Retire to Safety. Oh. And basically... The idea was your character has done enough that they can that that you feel that their story is is over rather than having them flame out in glorious destruction that they are they have have made choices and things that they can basically get out of the line of fire and they are good for now and you can start a new character you can use your your use your advancement points to spit to to create a new character and but you you basically say okay I've closed off the story for this character they're out of harm. So the idea of having that as part of the, mechani- the mechanical things where you say, all right, such and such is good, is, is good here, we're moving, and, and, and we'll move on. So rather than, like, travelling from dimension to dimension, meaning your characters get extra good at karate or whatever, but actually learn something about themselves from these perspectives, and sometimes that means that they're satisfied with what they've got, they're not journeying forward, or some other sort of personal revelation could be really interesting. I don't know how you work that into fate. I guess that's a, an aspecty sort of thing. I guess in for Savage Worlds you'd bolt on something entirely. It'd be, mm. a, it'd be a distinct, but yeah, actually that's is a yeah from this is a really interesting one. I thank you, John. This is this is one that has it's an kind interesting of brain up. teaser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right on top, uh, disregarding the Rubik's Cube reality flatmate thing, which presents a logistical challenge. The idea that the game is about fixing up this this slightly disarrayed universe, but also learning something about your place in it. Hmm. That's kind of cool. It, I mean, recently I've been thinking about how so many role-playing games are based around, you know, home invasion, murder, and, and burglary, <laughs> and how that seems to uh, un- uncomfortably align with some of the some of the worst acts of history so it's like oh, yeah this is this is different this is uh this is more of an, a cultural exchange with folks who with yourselves it's a it it, it's a, it implies a, a sort of mutuality playing the evil party in this this and playing the all evil party in this game would destroy you which i think is kind of hilarious hmm I mean, that, that, that intervention is just going to be called the world of dicks. <laughs> uh, that, that would be the ultimate burn. The, the GM gets to t- choose the label on the dial based on your actions. And he was like, all right, we figured out. It's, the, it's three back from, from, from Cat World. You're all dicks world. Oh, 
Shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I should have seen that one coming, shouldn't we? Kinda. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of editorializing from behind the screen. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I would probably make it a, that the players inject a lot of the, the reality. It's like, Cyborgberg is full of cyborgs and it's it's wacky and futuristic. But the players go, all right, what do I do in Cyborgberg? I do this. This is my this is my alters things and you know you, and have people pitch stuff in, make it quite make it don't make the GM sit down and decide, okay, you're a you're a forklift. But if somebody really wants to be a forklift and their job is being a forklift and they're a forklift in this reality, cool. Hmm. <laughs> go for it. That, that's the kind of thing that would be that would be interesting. There's going to have there's going to be challenges involved, of course, but yeah, yeah. Okay, now that was a that was a good one. I like that. Hey, John. Yeah, that was that was that was an interesting one. That that got us thinking. Strange, terrible thoughts. Indeed, indeed. So, speaking of strange and terrible thoughts, what did this inspire in your horrible brain? Well, in my horrible brain, for I kind of ended up in a similar dimension to John's idea, but from a very different but from a very different direction and with a very different um, very different outset, because I decided to really lean into the big red couch surfing bit, and Da, comrade, go on Indeed, um, and so having having also looked at the um, uh, kind of mentally brainstorming on the whole thing of um surfing and sort of web surfing and idly surfing through websites on the internet where i came to is this that you've got a podcast or a youtube channel or a twitch stream or whatever some sort of relatively small time hobby media show on the internet being done by the players of this particular scenario in the course of the routine checks for for spam posting and everything in the comment section, they go back to deal with these spam po- these just nonsensical spam posts and find that these are comments on episodes that they don't remember making. Right. And indeed, looking at them, like it's it's an episode. It's kinda in their wheelhouse and listening to the audio or watching the video it's clearly uh, it looks like them but they're discussing either events that never happened they're talking about games that don't exist media properties that don't exist basically what you're getting is some level of internet crossover between different universes possibly only two different universes version of the same for sake of argument podcast so it'd be like the big red couch going back and finding there are two versions of episode 60 that both kind of deal with role-playing but have some very different cultural references some of which don't exist Hmm. so that's kind of the intro and setup that sounds interesting what where would you go with it oh i initially thought of going in the direction of the kind of my own worst enemy uh which was a short-lived uh, I think Christian Slater TV show where somebody discovers that they have an alternate identity who's actually a bit of a dick but the more I thought about it the more I thought it would be interesting to go with something Something I picked up from the limited amount of Welcome to Night Vale that I listened to is that for all of the weird horrifying fucked upness of the Night Vale universe the people living there consider it to be perfectly normal mm, there's nothing absolutely. there's nothing wrong or weird to them 
about not going into the dog park, the glow cloud. The lights in the skies over the Arby's, yeah. Yeah, the lights in the sky over the Arby's, the, the sheriff's secret police, etc. All of this is, <laughs> is fine to them. And indeed, there was the weird crossover episode with Des- Desert Bluffs, where it was just completely fucking alien to them. Yeah. And so I thought it would be interesting to try to play with, to play with that. And so to either have, either have the option of basically having having this this podcast, and to a certain extent, you're kind of riffing on things like, say, the movie, and I believe there was a TV show, Frequency, where you've got somebody who is inexplicably communicating across thirty years of time with his father before he was born and before the aforementioned father died in the horrific fire what kind of interest me was the interested me was the idea of having these these podcast episodes be talking about you know the you know the world as this this other version of them uh, exists in which has got some really horrible fucked up shit happening in it that is just part of their world and then it starts to kind of mesh up with what's happening in the players' world, that their world is following suit, but maybe something can be done about it. Not sure how much sense that made. It does sound a little bit like a, a, a rambling conspiracy theory, but you know the games have, have been based on worse things. I, I would actually go with the rambling conspiracy theory um, aspect of it. To be honest, that you've got you've got potentially two different worlds, and it would be kind of fun to to play the same sort of uh, game that the show Fringe did. And occasionally swap between them. So you've mm. got two different worlds, potentially two very different worlds, that are weirdly able to communicate through some yutzes with a podcast or a Twitch stream or whatever. Mm. And maybe able to affect some changes in that world. Yeah, there's a another one. Uh, another TV series called Counterpart, which I've not watched enough of. It looks really good, and for some reason I haven't got back to it, but it explicitly has the... Uh, it's J.K. Simmons playing a really great actor playing a really interesting role of a guy who works in a weird government facility doing a very arcane job, discovering that it's part of basically a gate in Berlin between that Berlin and alternate which was apparently ravaged by a plague and some other bad stuff went down but his alternate is a absolutely cold-blooded espionage agent and his existence his his useful existence in this other world gets well his existence in this world becomes horribly compromised because his his alternate is his counterpart is doing something very dodgy and it may huh. threaten the, the the existence of both worlds pretty much so yeah that's an interesting yeah so where does the game go from the premise is probably my is my next thing I think I think where the game goes is either you know if you go if you go with the hey that other place is a bit weird and we can talk back and forth there's really nothing there's not much you can do there there needs to be there needs to be something you can affect, and there ideally needs to be something you can affect only with information. So, hmm. I, I it would it would take a bit of work on the GM's part, but I I would want to put up sort of set up a circumstance where bad shit went down on the other side, as it were, that hasn't happened yet, but they know how it started, and a vice versa situation. Right. 
Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent how you set that one up and how you put things. You probably have to make it very, very local. Right? You couldn't do. Oh, this is your chance to stop. I'm going to steer clear of obvious politics, but stop terrible politician from coming into power. That probably isn't a thing that could work. But you could do something like, okay, so what's their latest podcast about? Okay, they're they're podcasting from an emergency shelter because the dam is leaking. Well, we can do something about that. Now that I think of it, wasn't there a TV show with somebody getting a newspaper a week early? I think so. Something additional. Okay, I may have just yeah. like retreaded that, but with a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kryptonesia is a hell of a drug, so... yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would ideally want to do it in a a slightly creepy, weird John dies at the end kind of way. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hazy on exactly how it would go. Assuming I could get players in on it, I would basically want to know: Do you want the the weird puzzle solvey kind of person of interest? These guys have mentioned a thing. What are you going to do about it? Aspect. Do you want to go with the more, actually, this is kind of creepy, malevolent entities who maybe exist on both sides game and run it from there? Yeah. It kind of sounds like it will become espionage-like, regardless of what you did, because, you know, you have to act on the information you get out of the side channel. You need to actually line up with stuff that is going on. And mm. probably you don't want to play your hand and say, hey, we've got a, we've got information from an alternate reality. Can you help us with it? For multiple reasons. Yeah, whatever, whatever's happening has to probably be very local to, to where the um, where the characters are. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's possible that you could make it more dramatic by having... And, and this is, is slightly slightly inspired by Night Vale, but the idea that the, the active players live in a, a very compromised circumstance. They have survived something disastrous. They have limited resources their podcast or the, sh- or the thing they're doing is more like a news show the folks that they're getting information from are unwittingly helping them but their circumstances are just so much better off but they're unwittingly passing information on to saying okay oh yeah. there was a, a celebration that this spring that had run dry in the, in the hills has, has has reappeared it's like oh that's a that's a lovely thing to hear a little bit of a local interest story it's like oh shit we really need water Let's see if that's true. Yeah. Okay. So that the, I I think I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So like like you say, with the local stuff that they can affect, maybe the folks running, and and maybe the reason that the they're getting part of the reason they're getting information is whatever the, the the horrible thing that happened means that they're kind of stealing cable from the alien overlords or they're tapping into the rifts to generate energy, and one of the things that happens to be leaking through, and because they're the same people it means that they're being they're, they're the stuff the information is coming is 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 coming through and so and sometimes maybe the the information isn't always good i mean it might be relevant maybe i mean say that that with that there is one of the one of the the presenters actually contracts a, a a dire illness of some sort which might even be treatable to a degree in in this in the happy version of the reality but it's like okay that changes the stakes for me i've got some i've got things i need to do in the uh, the more freighted side of things, so you could make it quite bittersweet, like a mm. tin candles, but with with you know, a, I don't know, Prairie Home Companion vibe. <laughs> that would be quite fun. 
Mm. Yeah, I do. I do like that. The idea of um, post-apocalypse radio, as it were. Yeah, and maybe this, the, the maybe their version of the internet is some sort of hyperwave carrier, which actually turned out to be extremely dangerous, or they've, they've figured out there's something something that happened that caused it to be an issue. The the drama that like the the rising the rising action of this would be that they start getting hints through from their. I'm trying to mix up compatriots, counterparts, and podcasts into one word, and I should stop. Um, mm. But their their equivalents, they start dropping things that. Wait a minute, we recognise this from our calamity. Can we get them a message? What do we need to do to savour them? Because we know that terrible things are started with the little with the little things they mentioned. That I like the flip, flipping flipping it around so that you're in the shit universe. Um. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the it's it's the you're in the exaggerated, awful things have gone to the worst extreme, and you're getting useful information out of the folks who live in the slightly happy, sunshiny universe. But you can also see where things are going wrong for them, and they they may not even be aware. It's an interesting one. I know there was a community radio indie game. I don't know if it was ever published or released widely. But maybe that's worth looking into. Of course, we are possibly just making WKRP and Cincinnati post-apocalyptic edition. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. I was thinking the exact same scene. <laughs> possibly the finest reenactment of the Hindenburg disaster ever done by a sitcom. Yes. Oh, the humanity. <sighs> yeah. Okay, now that's, that's kind of sobering and cool. Just the idea the yeah, yeah, the idea that the sort of like this this guttering candle of of civilization is trying to signal back to a much brighter, but equally in the long run as doomed light source. It's kind of, mm. or at least equally as imperiled. And I like the idea that they sort of sit down, they record an episode, and then they listen to the recording, and what's recorded is the other guy's show. Yeah, but especially if they don't have to edit it first, I, that would I'd kill for that. <laughs> I have no useful comment here that won't get me yelled at. <laughs> I, I got nothing here. I, it's the that conundrum where you, if you can get information from any point in the future, the work has already been done, and I would definitely use that to skip having to do editing because it's a pain in the bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. Oh, I find that one very fascinating and eh, a little bit creepy. So, oh, it's going work. for a little bit creepy. So, woohoo, gimme! Alrighty. Okay. No, that was a really interesting and, like I said, slightly grim notion. Um, hopefully, I didn't pour misery piggy stuff all over your idea. No, no, that that gave it some much needed um, what's the word? Focus. Yay! <laughs> I'm not just ruining all the things. All right. Speaking of ruining all the things, I have an idea of my own. Woo! So, wh- what you got for us? Greg Big Red Couch has been a mainstay on this particular surf beach for basically forever. He's he's a big, thick-set guy, runs the, runs the surf shop, takes care of people, does lessons. He's kind of a the, the lifeguard in this little remote spot where there aren't any like official lifeguards. And is just a magician on a surfboard. He's a he's a big guy. He doesn't look like he'd be he'd be graceful or anything like that. But the the ocean seems to just love this guy. And yeah, he, there's there's nothing he can't do on a board. One of the things that he does 
that no one else, very few people even attempt, is to night surf while the the um, is it phytoplankton, the the iridescence of the the. the I believe it's phytoplankton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is at, at is at its peak, but during a but during at night or maybe during maybe during a, a new moon, and people come to see him do this thing because the image of this guy just kind of levitating on a wall of of glowing water is just astounding. One year ago, he disappeared in full view of the folks watching. His board washed ashore. His tether was unbroken. It was too dark to see anything. By the time they called out the search teams. There was no sign of him. On the anniversary, a year later, the small handful of witnesses to this weird occurrence are back at the surf shop, and basically the game is playing the people were affected by Big Red, what they've needed to do since the the event, what's changed, and basically how they've how their lives have changed and how they've changed as people in that year. Huh. This actually lines up kind of nicely with the other two ideas. Because it's an exchange of information thing. But the idea would be to, to lay out questions and to build characters as you go. And maybe some randomizer or, or a set of cards or something. Maybe something along the lines of the the question cards in um, Kira Magrin's Something here, Something is Wrong Here, um, which is a twin peaks david lynchian storytelling thing which is that one is particularly uh driven by a sort of ritual kind of feeling but yeah the idea that um you are going through asking questions in turn and saying okay what what how did you meet greg how did you how did you join this thing and i'm actually kind of thinking of greg universe to a degree i was assuming i mean that was my mental image was greg universe yeah, yeah, fair enough. And it's this person who has a very had a very particular but kind of odd role in this little community, and but he, he's gone a year. And possibly this would even be a game about exploring loss and moving on from an event in some way, which probably means that someone is bad at acknowledging that there is any period other than the present. Not possibly the best person or I'm, to do this, or exactly the right person to do this for my own mental health. Can't say for sure. Mm. That one, this one needs a hell of a lot more work. The idea of sort of like working out the, the the sequence you do things, the questions you ask, and how you build on these sorts of stories. But the idea that you come in and you kind of get a bit of inspiration and you start working through it and building off one another's tales in a not very in a, in a less linear fashion. But yeah, the idea would be to resolve some sort of mystery of basically what's transpired in the year. It's less of a mystery, but at least it's something that needs to be revealed. Mm. And and I've had few gaming experiences like this. There was a Mission to Mars game that I played back at Capcom uh, in Wellington a couple of years ago. And it was this the, being in a weirdly modular school that they kind of stacked up buildings which is something i'm not very familiar with 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 wellington wind clawing at the windows and 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 playing a bunch of rugged possibly doomed astronauts on mars really worked so i definitely it, yeah that might just have been the folks that they played that with michael sands the guy who wrote uh, monster of the week oh. did really and ran really good game and it was just i i tried to totally space cowboys it and, and see if i could be a, and see if my character was going to be abandoned on mars to um 
let, allow the other astronauts to escape. But they rallied around and saved my stupid ass, which was amazing. Huh. <laughs> so so you're yeah. saying, okay, see ya, buckaroo. <laughs> Indeed. So that was a... Uh, yeah, and it's something that tries to capture that sort of feel. It's the kind of thing that needs considerable amount of thought and even more playtesting. Hmm. I mean, what... What it brings to mind, or what, what sort of comes to my mind is either it's, it's going to turn out to be about what the hell happened to Greg, or it's not about what happened to Greg. It's about, you know, what's happened to the, um, to the player characters in that year, and I guess between the player characters in that year. Yeah. Those are kind of the two directions. I mean, you could have them both happen at the same time, but, um... It kind of feels like one or the other would work better. I think it it playing it kind of like a mystery, but a mystery is in what actually has actually transpired. Kind of appeals to me. The I like, like what effects do, did Greg Greg's presence in people's lives have, and what does the absence of Greg in people's lives have? Mm. So selecting a random thing that he was actually some sort of ocean spirit or he was just very drunk and drowned <laughs> it's like it could be either but you know it's not that's not as important as like what happened how people came to rely on him or to think of him and how they react to his loss is i think more interesting it yeah it make i mean i'm not sure if this is in any way useful or relevant but i keep i keep thinking of the sort of the weird interaction story mechanic of uh poutine yeah, no, that's a good that's a good example. The menu. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the menu, and maybe the idea of that you've got, from a certain point of view, you've got a bunch of people who are meeting at the, yeah, maybe 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 outside the closed down Greg's Surf Shack, mm. but that the 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 timeline is kind of flipping between the present day of what is happened yeah what happened well, the, the present day and previous year and maybe a bit of a flashback mechanic to well here's this thing that happened between me and Greg yeah and especially if the players get to go oh I've got a good idea I'm going to mechanically say all right we're going to the next bit we're going to do is this bit because I've got a good idea for this one and people can can pitch it that would be that would be pretty interesting yeah that would be fun and hopefully the story of okay so yeah, maybe maybe the story of who the hell Greg, who or what the hell Greg was, and why Greg vanished, kind of comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. Solving the mystery of what actually happened to Greg, I think, is is probably is, is possibly a secondary thing. It mm. may, it's more about what the uh, the the his importance to people there, which is works. The other thing I'm vaguely thinking of is the episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender, where the um, the bad guys are hanging out on Ember Island, and oh yeah, a few, a few, um, a few truths come out <laughs> while they're discussing things. Yes. It's like, the episode of uncomfortable truths. Yes, yes, that kind of, and you, you could go back to you know, may, maybe Greg wasn't the, this this paragon of 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 bonhomie and surfing that people remember him as. There's there's so there's a lot of there's a lot of possibility there. So yeah, mm. and, but uh, like I say, it's one of these ideas where I think this would be a cool idea. I just don't know how to tackle it. Mm. I w- yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be tempted to start with sort of looking looking at Poutine, maybe looking at our last best hope because that has mm. I, I played I played a game of that. I 
I regrettably did not like the system. I don't regret playing the game, but it was just not my sort of game. Right. But it, it has aspects in it of, you know, what sort of, what is the thing you are scared of? What is... Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds incredibly appropriate. Yeah, that that kind of thing. Yeah, what is your secret? What is your sort of your fear? That that sort of mechanic, which kind of seems like a useful um, a useful thing. Whether you could hmm. do it in a way that ties, do things in a way that kind of ties the player characters together, so that everybody's story is in some way interlinked, but maybe without. I mean, I'm thinking out loud here, but the idea of being able to have people have a have a secret and and have a fear and all that kind of thing that isn't known to everybody else but comes out in play but is still in some way linked to other characters. Yeah, engineering that it would be really an interesting challenge. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of oh. thinking like bits of bits of sort of set up for masks where. There is an entire thing of okay, we've got this bit that is explicitly about how do we connect your character to as many other characters as possible for yeah, well, for appropriate dramatic Indeed. necessity. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. Alrighty, so those are some wildly various ideas that have come up with. I'm yeah. pretty pleased with that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess is, is is now the point where we talk about what happens next time on the big red cow. I guess it is. So we've collated the 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 numbers and um, the calculator threw up E, so that we don't know what that means. So we're just winging it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it um, yeah, it just started. It started flashing uh, sort of numbers in Sanskrit. Uh, I lost interest. It was just a thing. Indeed, was throwing up stuff with little trumpets. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows how to interpret those. Um, so we actually ended up with a tie this time which on podcasts that take themselves seriously and strive for statistical rigor might involve like some sort of runoff or flipping a coin. What we did was simply decide, well, screw it. We just know what the next couple of episodes are. Mm-hmm. It was that or a duel. So. And that's really tricky. I mean, we're currently in the most convenient part of the year in that it's only a 12 hour time zone difference between the two of us. Mm, indeed. Indeed. Though that does end in a day and a half start. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is the co-winner for, for the Big Red Couch episode 133? That would be Irritable Geography. And that's geography, not geographers. Irritable Geographers, as near as I can tell it, are mostly just, well, me. <laughs> just just geographers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just it's in the natural state of... Of geographers, usually because they're surrounded by people saying, "Oh, you're a geography. What's the capital of Botswana?" <laughs> and as somebody pointed out to me just today, that is nothing to do with geography. That is, in fact, if I'm getting the name right, something to do with uh, toponymy, which is the study of names. Indeed, nice. And swiftly followed, well, six weeks, give or take, by the winner for episode one thirty-four. Which is Tempest Red Eye Flight, and and there we have it. Mm-hmm. That's a good bit of word salad. Like it. Mm, yes, I think we owe that one to Gulo T. Very nice. And on the basis that we will be not partaking in democratic resolution of the episode titles and prompts next week, we have a extra special challenge for which we will put up in place. Taking from our Deadpool prompts, we'd like our listeners 
to come up with a character sketch for one of those previous prompts that's not been used to create a scenario based on the scenario that they think it refers to. For this initial, if it proves popular, you may do it again. We'd like you to come up with a, a, just a sketch, no stats, no nothing, nothing out of the way. To, to be clear, we're not talking about pencil sketch, we're talking word sketch oh goodness no none of us have any artistic talent <laughs> oh no actually if somebody wants to draw something that'd be fucking amazing but <laughs> i promise you i will stick it to my fridge definitely come up with the the personality the trappings the goals and approaches i guess would be another thing for a character who you would pitch for the for a game called it's all downhill from here i was trying to come up with like a funny rejoinder but i've got nothing the best I've got is like something to do with Everest. Okay, we you can we, we can edit out the pause if you want to come with something. Yeah. Mm. Or was that your funny rejoinder in disguise? That, that was my that, that was my funny rejoinder in disguise. I was I was trying to go with the self-effacing. I'm a bit shit at this. Uh, to be honest, the more I talk, the less I'm selling it. I'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you're really really nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. To the wall with a breadstick. Yep. Where is this even going? Okay, so, yes, it's all downhill from here. Who's in that game? Yeah, pitch that character for that game sight unseen. And, you know, if we get enough for a party, uh, it'll probably be a really, really unbalanced party and we'll have to ring in a cleric or something. Yeah, that's going to be a really (laughs) weird game. Indeed, indeed. All right. So, that is all of the bizarre ideas for the prompt Big Red Couch Surfing that we came up this time around. And I guess that's it for the episode. Indeed. Thank you all for listening. Hope you'll come back next time. I'm not sure why you would, but we we, we, we salute the attempt. And have a good evening, everybody. Craig, the reason they're coming back is because we're letting slip important secrets that the people in the uh, devastated alternate universe are using to keep themselves alive and maybe send us warnings about the terrible, terrible thing that happened. That's why they keep coming back. I have a co-worker who keeps me regularly updated with what's happening with Brexit. I am not sure (laughs) how many more terrible things I can cope with at this point in time. I'm following Brexit cast. Like, I think we've mentioned it before, but the the giggly abandon that they have descended into recently is kind of terrifying, to be honest, because these are are established political correspondents. Yeah, um... We haven't really got much to follow up with there, do we? Yeah, I, there, there's... I, I don't really know any funny bits for this, unfortunately. It's just, uh, nobody knows what's going on. It's it's all confusing. Uh, the plan seems to change every minute. I mean, effectively, it's like every pub night out ever, except it involves 65 million people. Which is a recipe for everything going smoothly and in orderly fashion. Yep. Uh, cool. Yep. So we didn't need that much inspiration for your particular idea, but now we have it. Indeed. So there you go. All right. So having nailed some political colours to the floor, um, our work here is done, yes. Our work here is done. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? 
Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.